Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Little Riverdales podcast. I am C. Talene, and I am joined tonight by the lovely Skeskily. Say hello. What's up, everybody? <laughs> what's up, what's up? So, um, there's still just the two of us. We did hear words from um, at Brothers Comics that he thinks he will be back for the finale. Yeah, and so. you're going to have a different guest next week because I'm going to be unavailable next week. Yeah, so it will be, then there will be one, but the um, lovely at Jughead Jonesing has um, said she will step into your big, big shoes for the next um, recap. <laughs> how does she know how big my feet are? Because they are quite large. Um, I, may, <laughs> I may send you some notes. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Um, I'm going to spend mm-hmm. a few days in uh, Luxury Chalet in Whistler, BC, uh, which is like three hours north of Vancouver. Um, it's not ski season. I don't ski anyway. Um, but you know, Hey, free hotel. Um, you had me at luxury chalet Mm, girl. Can I come as well? I want to come. We get to go to two different ones. We get to go to, um, there's the Whistler Fairmont and the, there's a Weston that we're going to up there. So, you know, Google those. And that's where I'm going to be next week. Oh, I will. Because I'm like, take pictures, please. <laughs> I'm here where I'm here where I live. I was just telling you there was like the white supremacist rally <laughs> this weekend. We have <laughs> so, them too, believe I it or not. To, I do believe it. I do believe it wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. I need to escape. But there's nowhere to go. There's no, nowhere to escape. <laughs> not really. I mean, you know, the only thing that, that Vancouver, well, no, Atlanta, I mean, Vancouver has a lot of stuff going from it. And other than, you know, the fact that we look at white supremacists and we just think that they're ridiculous. Um, but, you know, we've, you know, the fact that um, weed is practically legal here, it isn't yet, but it's practically legal. If you stay high mm-hmm. enough, you stay high enough, you don't care about the white supremacy. So that's got, you know, that's a point in its favor. <laughs> So everybody's just chill. Pretty everybody's much. just chill. Yeah. So. Yep. That's okay. it exactly. All right. <laughs> Sounds good to me. But okay, here we are. We are on, I believe, chapter 11 um, to Riverdale and back again was the title of this week's episode. And um, it is homecoming. And um, I was a little bit surprised that we've only gotten to homecoming in the school year, I don't know what time of year I thought it was, but I was a little bit surprised that it was only homecoming. What did you think about that? I mean, I've given up trying to keep track of the timelines of this show. Because um, for me, I mean, I never went to a homecoming ever, like while I was in high school or after I graduated. But um, I think homecomings are supposed to be in October, something like that, October, November. Yep. So it, I just completely given up trying to figure out what time of the year they're on. So, Yeah, it's true. You know, at first I was like, really, it's only been maybe two months of school. Mm -hmm. But then again, it does kind of make sense since they do have an open murder investigation that it hasn't drug on for months and months and months. So it makes sense a little bit once I think about it a little bit more deeply. But I think the fact that they just don't give us enough of their everyday high school life that's why it was kind of mm-hmm. surprising because mm-hmm. we haven't heard them refer to Archie being a football player again since I think like the talent show mm-hmm. you like know they, mentioned they it had very the little briefly. Riverdale 
They mentioned it very briefly at the beginning exactly. of this episode. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't anything, you know, a, po- a plot point or anything. So, right. But anyway, so the, the the theme of the show this week, you sent me some notes. Thank you, because I was struggling. <laughs> watching You're welcome. So, you, so your first note, you have good Riverdale. Is it good, evil, or both? And, you know, that was referred to um, in the series or in the episode Mary um, was talking to Archie about her concerns with Riverdale. In FP, we see him talking to um, Jughead about his concerns with Riverdale. So is Riverdale bad? Is it evil? Is it good? What do we think about this place? I think it's hard to know uh, because, you know, when you think about the conversation that uh, Jughead and FP had where, um, you know, he when when Jughead was saying that it's not so much it's, it's a who done it. You're really just trying to figure out, or he's just trying to figure out, you know, the pulse of the town. Is it a good town or is it an evil town? And FP said it's both. And I'm having a hard time though trying to remember the good in Riverdale because the way that it's kind of mm-hmm. portrayed on the series. Um, and maybe, I mean, maybe it's my, I'm having a senior moment or something, but I found it really, really hard to try to think of anything particularly good that came out of this show so far. I mean, you've got, you know, statutory mm-hmm. rape, you've got a murder, <laughs> um, you've got, you know, kids who are running around pretending to be survivalists, um, you've got, you know, uh, people's parents who are in prison, people's parents who have been in prison who are currently out and doing, you know, uh, doing nefarious things, being aligned with gangs and all this other kind of stuff. So it's kind of hard for me to figure out or point to anything that's particularly good about this town. Um, but what I think is hilarious to me about this is that, um, you know, where they're talking about um, when, when Mary mentioned to Archie that she wanted to take him to Chicago, I just laughed out loud at that scene. Um, <laughs> because, know. you know, when, when you think about how many people have been killed in Chicago, not to laugh at that, but, you know, when you think about how many people have been killed in Chicago over the last couple of years, that was just a hilarious statement that I want to take you away for take you away to someplace safer, like Chicago. <laughs> I know. I was like, did she just say Chicago is better than Riverdale? <laughs> okay, okay. Which, you know, I mean, if you think about it, that kind of answers our question, though, right? Because if, if that's the case, mm-hmm. if she thinks that Chicago is safer than Riverdale, then clearly Riverdale's an evil town or Riverdale's a bad place to live. So speaking of um, FP and Jughead and conversations, I thought, I think I'm having a senior moment because at the beginning of the episode, you know how they kind of flash back to previous episodes to kind of make sure we're all on the same page? Right. There was a couple of flashes of FP and Jughead talking and Jughead asking FP about the murder. And then there was another one. Um, Betty asking Jughead, do you believe him? And mm-hmm. I don't remember any of that happening. I can't remember like, what episode no... it was in. Um, I'm really trying. I'm, oh, I think it was the, epi- I think it was the episode where um, the kids had gone to the white worm and uh, FP ended up trying to bail them out after the fight and all that other kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, it was really the first real introduction of FP at that point. Um, where, you know, mm-hmm. we got to see him in the trailer living in squalor, drinking a whole lot. Um, and Betty got to interact with him. And she asked him, you know, if you, if you, if, 
no, he asked her whether um, she believed everything that his dad had said about him. You know, I've done a lot of bad things, but I'm not a killer. And she asked him, he asked her if he, if she believed him. And she said, I believe you. So I think that that's when that happened. It was like either the first or the second episode where mm-hmm. FP had shown up. Okay, because I was like completely confused. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you cleared that up for me. I might have to go back and rewatch that because I was just completely thrown off mm-hmm. by that. So let's let's get into this episode. Um, so kind of one of the big storylines this week is um, Alice Cooper is now the advisor of the school newspaper, which apparently is a full-time job, but she has to be at the school at all times. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, just just for other people who don't work in education, this is not how high school works. Um, this is not how advising works. Just have to say that. So unrealistic. So Alice Cooper is kind of Perry White slash Lois Lane um, trying to be a puppeteer of these teenagers. Mm -hmm. So she hatches a plan. She tries to hatch a plan with Betty to get her to basically interrogate FP through Jughead. And Betty says no, walks away. But Veronica is um, happy to jump on board this interrogation or um, this train of looking into FP because her mother has just revealed that her dad is magically going to get out of jail and she is concerned. Mm -hmm. So in turn, Veronica gets Archie and of course, Archie's going to be Archie um, and he gets into this with her as well. Was this a good plan? I mean, I think it was a good plan in so much as it allowed her to do what she wanted to do. She wanted to get FP out of the house. Um, now, whether I still don't know. And I, I mean, I've watched it twice now. I still don't know if she actually did put Veronica and Archie up to searching FP's trailer. I'm assuming she did. I, that was still really unclear to me. But it was a good plan. They had to coordinate. Yeah, somehow. Um, They had to coordinate that. Yeah, it it was a good plan in that that part of it actually worked. Um, But I still have questions about it because we know Betty had the gun, right? Because it was Miss Grundy's gun. And she found it in Grundy's car and she held on to it. Mm -hmm. So what happened to the, you know, we keep talking about missing and having senior moments. What happened to the gun after Betty took it home and hid it in her drawer and then Alice found it, right? And took it away from Betty. Is that right? That's that's accurate because I remember us joking about why did she hide the gun under her under thing okay. for her mom to find. So now it begs um, the so, question. But they never said what happened to the gun. So now it begs the question, if she didn't give the gun to Archie and Veronica to go and plant it. That makes me wonder if either a um, Hal got the gun somehow. We just don't know how um, and has been holding on to it um, or B mm-hmm. she's been, you know, even though she liked to, she's acting like she was not happy to see how um, they've been in cahoots all along for him to be able to go to mm-hmm. the trailer while FP and Jughead were over at her house having poison pie or whatever. 
Um, you know, it made me wonder if they are actually in cahoots and Hal was the one to go over and plant the gun, not on his own power, but because, you know, she asked him to do it. So again, this show is really good at making it seem like they are revealing parts of the story, but what they end up doing is like leading you either on wild goose chases or they're interjecting other plot points that, you know, or plot questions that either will or or won't be resolved over the next couple of episodes. So I think it was a good plan. What did you think? Um, I, when you brought up Hal, I was kind of thinking about him. I was surprised that Betty invited him to the dinner, but then I thought again, that was just her throwing shade at her mom. Mm -hmm. You know, you invited my boyfriend without my permission. I'm going to invite dad over here without your permission kind of thing. Right. But as we were going through the episode, I was thinking back to when Hal apparently stole all of the evidence from Sheriff Keller's house. Oh, Remember right. he had all of that stuff in the basement? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then with the gun, I was trying to think about, did Hal leave the dinner before FP and Jughead did? And I think he did. Hmm. Because when Archie and Veronica were kissing in the trailer, did you notice that headlights yes, shone in I the did. room like somebody I was pulling did. up? That's a good Because point. I was thinking, I was thinking... Y'all need to stop kissing and get out of this trailer because somebody just pulled up. But then, you know, they had their little talk and then um, Veronica's phone went off and they left. So I was like, well, who just pulled up to the trailer? So that had to have been the person who planted the gun. And it definitely could have been Hal if he had left the dinner before FP and Jughead did because that's when Alice texted them to say they're on their way home. That is so, a I mean, good that's totally point. plausible. Yeah, that's a good point. I, you're pulling it all together. We got, we're on to you now, Riverdale. <laughs> you know, I've, I had so many moments this week of, hey, we said that was going to happen and stuff happened that mm-hmm. I feel like either they're listening to our podcast or <laughs> we're just really smart. <laughs> I, think just, I think we're really smart. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with we're really smart as well. Um, I came to another realization with the whole Veronica-Archie team up. Um, one of my problems with Archie is that, I don't know, you're going to have to tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think that he is a good actor. No, he's not. I feel like, okay, thank you. I feel like whenever Archie is delivering his lines, I feel like I'm watching an after school special. I don't know if you remember those after school specials from like the 80s, but that is what it's like. Come on, Ronnie. Why are you so upset? And it's just like, what is that's my problem with Archie. He is like in an after school special and everybody else is actually in episodic television i don't know if it's that he's a bad actor him in anything else yeah i don't know if it's that he's a bad actor or he's actually playing the way he's written because you know if you if you Mm -hmm. look at the comic over the history of the comic um and archie's never really been smart he's always been something that things happen to like 
he doesn't seem mm-hmm. to have any agency of his own. He just kind of gets caught in these situations and he exists to react to these situations. So he does a lot of reacting um, and maybe it just seems mm-hmm. like he's not that great of an actor or that strong of an actor because Archie's not that great or strong or smart of a character. So, you know, it's hard for me to figure out if it's that he's just terrible um, or if Archie's just terrible. At this point, I think it could be six of one, half dozen of the other. But like you, I've not seen him in anything Mm -hmm. else. You know, he just kind of popped up from New Zealand and I haven't gone back to see any clips of him or anything else from like New Zealand television or whatever else he may have done. Um, I, I, I want to be charitable and say that it's just the way that Archie's written. Uh, because I'm trying to be nicer about these people unless they're Robin Givens. Um, so, you know, it's <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to say if it's that he's just terrible. I don't know either. I, I like your, you pointed out, maybe it's just how he's written because Archie is kind of like this wide-eyed St. Bernard, mm-hmm. just like you described a couple weeks ago. And he that is definitely keeps coming through. So maybe this is just his character. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is just me still not liking his character. But I swear to you, every time he is on the screen and words are coming out of his mouth, I am cringing. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, ugh. I don't, it's, ugh. If it's intentional, okay. If it's not intentional, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, so... What are you going to do? It's just so hard to know because, I mean, I, I wonder... Sometimes I wonder what, um, you know, what the show might have been like if, say, they'd cast, um, like, the... I, I know I keep going back to 13 Reasons Why, but, like, I don't watch any other shows with teenagers, really, except for this one. Um, if they had mm-hmm. actually found... Um, an actor like the the actor who plays the male lead in 13 Reasons Why or um, you know one of the kids who had played in Perks of a Wallflower or even somebody kind mm-hmm. of like um, his name escapes me right now but the, he played he was in Whiplash and he's done a few other movies since then somebody like that who you know who is a younger actor but is you know really well known for having really good acting skills what that might have been like is just I mean, they're, they're, the, 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 the skills of the actors, especially because they're young actors, are all over the place on this show anyway. Um, I kind of feel like the, yeah. only ones, the only ones who can genuinely act are um, uh, Camila Mendez and Madeline Petch. Uh, we know how I feel about Polly. So, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to know. I have to say, Cole has been holding it down. Mm-hmm. Cole Sprouse has been holding it down as Jughead. Um, he can cry like a motherfucker. Oh, mm-hmm. Excuse me. That's true. <laughs> Woof. He's good at crying. He's really good at crying. He is really good at that. <laughs> oh, he gives me emotions. Okay, but okay. So, so what comes out of the um, this whole scheme of Alice's is, you know, one of the things that surprised me at the dinner is when FP kind of clapped back at Alice and talked to her about this argument that he overheard when they were teenagers. Mm -hmm. And my first thought was, were they arguing about the pregnancy? Of course they Um, were. And I wanted to, okay. (laughs) And so I know last week, was it just last week you were talking about the possibility that maybe it was FP's baby or something like that. So that was really interesting that he talked about this argument that he overheard. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, okay, I want to know more. I want to know more. So I thought that was good. And then, of course, their whole um, investigation leads to the dance. So let's talk about the dance. It is their homecoming dance slash almost like a class reunion type Mm -hmm. dance, which I think is a really interesting idea. Um, So immediately after breaking into FP's trailer, Veronica and Archie go to the gym to get ready to perform. When they had time to practice and set up, I have no idea. In between making out. um, They walk into the dance. Girl. (laughs) Betty was on it. (laughs) Betty was like, her spidey senses were tingling. She was looking at everybody. She was making connections. I thought Dark Betty was going to come out. I did too. (laughs) But Betty was not about to be fooled. Maybe she was Dark Betty and we just, she just didn't have her wig on. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, Perhaps. it's also when she said, you know, don't push me, mom, because I will push back. I'm like, oh, dark Betty. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> but I mean, did they really think they were going to be able to keep this from Betty? I mean, I felt one of the things I wrote in my notes was like this whole episode was about secrets and lies. Everyone was trying to lie. Everyone had secrets this week. It, it felt like to me. Maybe so I, just... I, I don't know why... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just don't know no, why, because I was watching, I was watching Betty watch them, or you know, the the camera trickery and all that stuff. And I was looking at Archie and Veronica on stage, and they were flirtatious, but they didn't strike mm-hmm. me as the kind of flirtatiousness um, that would be telling necessarily. But maybe I don't understand teenagers and how they flirt anymore. But it was really interesting because on another show that's completely unrelated, um, something very similar happened to on Grey's Anatomy, where one of the characters found out, um, Meredith's sister Maggie found out that um, she was, she had slept with somebody that Maggie had liked. She slept with this doctor that Maggie liked. And the only way that she knew was because of the way um, the doctor, the male doctor, uh, stroked Meredith's shoulder during a press conference. And so it was like, it's like, do people really, mm-hmm. do people really pick up on stuff that, that easily? Cause I'm like the queen of obliviousness. So I'm watching it and go, how did she know? And, and if she did know, why didn't she actually say anything during the episode? Cause I don't think she I actually did know. accuse them I though. Didn't... She didn't. That's what I was about to say. I don't think she knows they are. I don't even know what she would call it because Veronica was trying to push Archie off of a relationship, but then they were kissing. So I don't know if Betty was suspecting that or just suspecting that they were up to something Mm -hmm. together um, because she saw um, Veronica talking to Alice and then saw you know, Archie talking to Jughead. So I think she was just kind of putting two and two together that they did something with her mom Mm. and making connections, but not necessarily connecting that the two of them are a pseudo couple. And she was kind of reacting to how they were their interplay on the stage though. So that's what made me think like she didn't get a chance. Mm -hmm. She didn't get a chance to delve into that because the bigger issue is that they've been conspiring with her mom and she wanted to figure out, but you know, Alice wasn't anywhere in the vicinity when she was, when they were on stage and Betty was really kind of fixated on what was going yeah. on and the way that they were interacting on stage. So I think that she knew, I just think that they didn't get a chance to delve into it in this episode. 
And you know, you know, Brothers Comics, was it you or Brother Comics that sent us the tweet link to the full length um, performance of that song earlier uh, in the week? I can't week? remember. But I watched it, and the way they have it shot, it definitely looks like Betty is just jealous because of what she's seeing on mm. stage. So that's definitely how it comes off if you don't see all of the context of them first coming into the dance. It does just look like she sees them being flirtatious and she's jealous or she's making connections about that. Yeah. So like it could be either one. It could be either one. But, you know, then again, she dropped the I love Jughead on her mom. So if she really does love Jughead, I don't know why she would be jealous about Veronica and Archie. Um, Although, she's not over Archie. That's why. You know, yeah, it could be that. I was that girl, too, who had a boyfriend but still wanted my ex-boyfriend to <laughs> still want me. <laughs> <laughs> Although I wasn't interested anymore. <laughs> I was that girl. I don't want you, but I, I don't want you girl. to have anybody else. I know. I was totally that girl. I had issues. <laughs> so let's, let's talk a little bit more about Were you day. surprised? No, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, were you surprised that um, they didn't even have Josie and the Pussycats perform at all at the homecoming dance? Because they had them them over the intercom. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much. I mean, I know Ashley Murray has been like sort of being evasive. And we'll talk about this in the casting notes. But um, she's been kind of evasive about her future on the show. Um, and people have been Mm -hmm. tweeting to her and saying, you know, we haven't seen much of you. And she's like, well, not as much as I like either. So, you know, maybe they, maybe she just had like a little break and was able to come sort of like fly in, do her thing and then fly out. But it made no sense to me if the Pussycats weren't there to have Mayor McCoy show up and be the MC of the prom. I mean, there could have been Mr. Weatherby, yeah. the principal, you know, any of the, the other teachers, Coach Clay, they could have been anybody. Um, but, you know, they have somebody whose kid is supposedly this diva, you know, Beyonce-esque kind of character who's not really even in the episode show up and be the MC of the, the prom. And I guess if they could say that it's homecoming, maybe she was... I don't know, maybe she was the class president at some point, but even if she was the class president at some point, there are, because there are so many other alumni there, clearly there were other class presidents there. So why was she chosen to be sort of the the MC or the prom? It just didn't really make any sense to me. It was just like, we cast Robin Gibbons this week. We need to find something for her to do here. Here's 30 seconds. (laughs) Exactly. And we'll, we'll talk about people of color in the episode, but it felt like, they just tried to stuff every brown person who had been on the show for like these two second blips mm-hmm. in this episode. Cause you saw pops and he actually spoke. I know. Robin Givens was there. You have the pussycat singing. They even had, you know, like the, um, I know you watch it on Netflix, but this week they had like the cover girl, character oh, yeah, I, I showing you how they do her makeup yeah i did i see yeah I saw that so too. so it was ashley murray so mm-hmm. it was josie's character which made me think okay she might actually be in the episode and i was like why did they choose this episode to do this with her when she's not even in it i don't mm. 
it was it was questionable for me. It was very questionable. Can we talk about how much of a player Fred Andrews is? Yes, honey, we can. <laughs> you know who the real player is? The real player is Mary. Right? To me. <laughs> Mary is the real, because she's the one who invited Hermione. <laughs> and she, she was the one who was in the bathroom with Alice talking about, I'm going to have fun with both, both my of dates. my dates. I'm like, like, well, okay. all righty. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was hilarious to me, but it was kind of a nice little parallel between, um, you know, how Archie's always in the middle between Betty and Veronica in the comics, less so on the show. Uh, Fred was in the middle between yep. Hermione and Mary. So, you know, it's, I keep saying, I keep saying that this show is just trying to draw parallels. Like when you see the adults, you see what might happen to the kids as they grow up and as they mature, mm-hmm. you see, I mean, their futures are their parents. So it's kind of interesting to me to, to sit there and watch there, but yeah, I think Mary, I, like, I don't want to, I don't want to say or use pejorative terms about people who are inhabiting their their sexual truth, but I think Mary's on some shit mm-hmm. somewhere. You know, like Mary has seen some things, <laughs> and Mary has probably done some things. And um, you know, she's just like, you can say whatever you want to about me. I don't care because I'm still getting mine, and you are not. So, you know, so I thought that was kind of great. Yeah. She was definitely <laughs> confident in that bathroom, putting on all that red lipstick. I was like, how much lipstick you going to put on girl? But I almost, <laughs> I also kind of thought maybe Mary was throwing some shade at Fred and was oh. kind of like, I know you've been seeing her. I'm going to invite her to this dance and to Hermione. I'm going to dance with my husband in front of you while you sit at the table by yourself and look on. <laughs> so, you know, she could have been like subtly throwing shade at the both of them, but I, I was enjoying Mary. I was too. Although part of me was kind of, I mean, I've watched Molly Ringwald from her days on Facts of Life, like the first season of Ma- mm-hmm. Facts of Life, right? So, um, you know, props to an actress who allows her face to age naturally, because I mean, there are a few yeah. actresses. There are a few actresses on that show. Um, who do and then there are a few I don't know if they are considerably younger or that they had work or whatever or just good genes there are some people who don't look like they've aged but there's like a couple of times when I'm just watching it and it, she just she wasn't there because it felt like she wasn't there because um, she was the perfect Mary it felt like she was there mm-hmm. because she was Molly Ringwald um, and she would be enough of a draw for people like us who would have a certain amount of nostalgia attached to being married yeah. to her being Molly Ringwald, that we would tune in. So it was kind of painful in a way because she felt, I don't know if it, again, is, is it that she really wasn't that great of an actress all along and, you know, she, we just never saw it or if it's the way that she was written, but she just seemed really remote and not very connected to anyone or anything having to do with Riverdale. And, you know, maybe that was the direction she got because she has been gone for two years and her life is clearly in Mm -hmm. Chicago now. So, you know, I, but it was just kind of hard for me to watch because I, I just, I think about, you know, Claire from the breakfast club, or I think about Andy from pretty in pink. And I think about, you know, how much I loved those characters growing up when we were pretty much the same age and then sort of watching her now, she just kind of had 
no emotion in her face or, you know, very little inflection mm-hmm. in the tone of her voice. And it was just difficult for me to watch. Yeah. When I was watching her, I kept getting flashes of this is like if Claire came back for her 30th high school reunion. Yeah, exactly. Um, from Breakfast Club, you know, and she's moved on and she's living her life and she comes back and she has to see these people. Um, you know, I, I definitely think they cast Molly Ringwald because she's like the most famous redhead. Mm-hmm. I mean, the most famous female redhead, you know, definitely of our age. If you think back to those movies that we watched growing up. Um, but it does feel like she's like, okay, I can give you two episodes and I'm out mm-hmm. <laughs> type of a deal. Like she's probably not committed to being a returning character on this show. And I'm kind of fine with that. Yeah. Um, I was very interested when she told Archie she wanted him to come back to Chicago because we had talked about that and we've been joking about that on Twitter like all week I know. before the episode. Um, so it was really funny when she actually offered him the opportunity to come back with her. So I thought that was good. Another I little, good. I enjoyed that a lot. Another little nice thing about them casting her as Archie's mom, because they were, I mean, we picked up on the Chicago thing because it apparently was mentioned that that's where she was at some point earlier in the season. But what's funny about them casting this particular actress as his mom and she's in Chicago is um, all the John Hughes movies that she was in took place in Chicago. That's true. <laughs> That's funny. So it was a kind of a nice yeah, little... Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was a little on the nose. It was, it was probably kind of a Easter nice egg. Little, yeah, it was a nice little Easter egg. <laughs> That's true. That's funny. I have to tell you a Molly Ringwald story. My husband um, was talking to one of his friends, and his friend was doing a, um apartment exchange. Mm-hmm. So he had an apartment in New York and he wanted to go to Paris. So he was contacting this person and they're like, yeah, we can switch apartments. You can come to my apartment in Paris and I'll stay in your apartment in New York. His friend gets to Paris and he's looking around at the pictures and it's Molly Ringwald's apartment. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, that's my one Molly Ringwald personal, somewhat personal story. That's pretty cool though. You know, she's been enjoying. It wasn't me. She's been, yeah, that is. She's been enjoying her life in Paris, and you know, she's. Um, I think she was on some freeform slash what used to be um, ABC Family show at one point, and she had dyed her hair blonde for a little while. But you know, she talks about living in Paris. Really? And, yeah. She she talks about like when that show was on. I can't remember which one it was. I want to say it was. Are um, you talking about the Secret Life? Yeah. The Secret Life of yeah. an American Teenager. Yeah. Yeah. And she was on that for yeah, a while. I watched that. I, I'm embarrassed to say I watched that show and for like talked, two seasons. She talked about you know how living in Paris and you know letting herself gain weight and um, you know the fact that she smokes is not a big deal in Paris. And, you know, and I was just like, mm-hmm. and, and looking at her now, it's just like, okay, yeah, she does kind of look like, she's got that whole Johnny Depp thing, like, you know, the deshabille, where she looks a little, you know, a little worse, not worse for the wear, but she just looks a little worn around the edges, mm-hmm. like uh, people who live in Paris. So that's kind of interesting to, to see her. Um, you know, she pops in every once in a while when she decides that she wants to act. Um, I know that she writes mm-hmm. children's, she writes children's books or something. Um, and then she goes, she, you know, fucks off to Paris whenever she feels like it. So, you know, it's not a bad life. (laughs) 
I think that's great. Just live your life, Molly Ringwald. Screw <laughs> us. Live your life. Live your best life. Isn't that what Ilyana says? <laughs> live your best life. It's exactly what she says. <laughs> okay. Let's get back to the other storyline, which is Polly doing her investigation. And I have to say, I was a little bit disappointed because when I watched the previews for this week's episode, it seemed like it was going to be much more polycentric. Like mm-hmm. that was like the main storyline. So I was really surprised when I actually watched the episode and that, and she was like, in my opinion, barely in it. Yeah. So um, we have Polly doing her investigation and she discovers what we already knew that Mr. Blossom wears wigs. <laughs> and one of the biggest reveals is that she finds the engagement ring that Nana Rose had given Jason to give to her. And my first question is, where is Nana Rose? Well, Nana Rose, I, you know, she's, she is like, she has to pop up before the season's over. Like, you know, in the previews for uh, next week's episode, they show all the kids sitting around, um, and they gasp as they're looking at something on the laptop. I like to think that it's maybe Nana Rose mm-hmm. falling out of a window in the, at, you know, at Thornhill or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's so terrible. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, but Lord, I don't think Cheryl. I don't think Cheryl flushed that ring down the toilet. I don't believe her. She didn't. They showed her holding it at the end. I, oh, they did. Oh, you're right. They, they did. showed her hold. Share. Okay, we're going to talk about who killed Jason Blossom, but <laughs> the fact that, um, you know, Polly manipulated them to get into the parents' bedroom, which I thought was actually really smart how she did that. And I am wondering if, um, one, did Cheryl know that Jason and Polly were engaged? I, I couldn't tell from her reaction to Polly saying, that's my ring. Jason gave it to me, blah, 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 blah. If that was a surprise to Cheryl. And if it was a surprise or even if it wasn't, how did she feel about the fact that her brother got this family heirloom to give to Polly to, to be engaged to her? And it sounds like Polly and Jason weren't even dating for that long. Mm-hmm. So that would have had to have felt like a betrayal for Cheryl. Yeah, um, I kind of, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you go back and you talk and you think about the fact that Cheryl hid the the information that she was planning to help Jason escape. And you assume, Mm -hmm. we don't know for sure, but you assume that the reason that Jason told her that he wanted to get away wasn't just because he wanted to get away from the family. Um, you know, it, mm-hmm. it can't have been, you know, he's just having a temper tantrum about his family and he just decides he's going to fuck off one day. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he just forgot to tell her that they were engaged or Cheryl in her trauma, you know, elected to forget that they were engaged. Um, or that mm-hmm. Cheryl is just like, he may have given it to you. Um, he's gone now. Therefore, it's not your ring. <laughs> you know, I, it might yeah. be a little bit of that yeah. as well. She's so. like, you know, that episode, the, the scene when um, 
she grabs Polly's wrist and says, don't think those babies will protect you. Mm-hmm. Did you think she was threatening her? Oh, she absolutely was. She's, she was threatening her. She was threatening okay. her. I couldn't she's... tell if it was a threatening or a warning. Like, um, be careful. Don't drink the milkshake. Um, I think it was probably both. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that she knows her mom was planning to poison her. I think that she's just, mm-hmm. I, I think Cheryl is very strategic. Cheryl is not as innocent as she wants yeah. to lead on. Um, and either she, you know, maybe she saw, you know, or heard, because she seems to overhear everything. Maybe at some point she overheard, you know, a plan to try to bring Polly these Pepto-Bismol pink um, milkshakes with the strawberry that somehow is in the cap. I, I can't figure that out or the cherry that's in the cap, but I, <laughs> I felt like it was a threat. I didn't feel like it was a warning because the way, if you look at her face um, and the mm-hmm. way, like the intensity in her face. And if you look at the set of her eyebrows, like I hate to be that, that picky about stuff like that. But if you're warning somebody, you're worried and your face would show that kind yeah. of worry. Her yeah. face didn't show that kind of worry. Her face showed determination. So I think that was a threat. Mm-hmm. I don't, but Cheryl is like an enigma. She is definitely faking being innocent. Mm-hmm. Like when she was talking to her parents about the ring and what happened to the ring and the fact that she flushed it down the toilet. And then she goes, was that wrong? You know, like this fake innocence, mm-hmm. but you, what you really see when later we see her holding the ring is that she's really being very devious mm-hmm. and manipulative. And also, did you notice when she went to check on Polly and she held the mirror up to her face? I know. Like she expected <laughs> So that's what makes me think like, that she knew all along that this is the plan. Like she's, you know, you asked whether or not that she was warning her or whatnot. That's what made me think that she knew mm-hmm. all along, you know, that this was the plan to just like knock her out some kind of way. So... I don't know. So she knew the plan, but her mother doesn't know she knew the plan because there's, yeah. Oh, she's like so devious. And she's very. Why do you think she looked, why do you think she looked so upset at the dance? Do you think she was upset about, I kind of felt sorry for her because I think this was her first social event where she didn't have her like two lap dogs. Mm -hmm. She wasn't queen bee. She couldn't be the, um, center of attention because of, you know, she wasn't running for co-queen anymore because Polly wasn't there. So it was like, this was the first time Cheryl was not the center of attention. I mean, she'd been, and she just looked, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, she just looked so forlorn Mm -hmm. and so just angry and just fed up. If you look at how the other characters were styled for the dance, um, you know, mm-hmm. they're all wearing dark or neutral colors. Like, you know, Betty's wearing this ice blue slash silver. Alice is wearing silver. Veronica's wearing dark colors. Mary's wearing dark colors. Cheryl's the only one who is wearing bright red. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, she was obviously styled to stand out and to be different and to set herself apart from everybody else as, as a way of indicating, I think, um, how isolated she is right now, how, I mean, she's surrounded by yeah. all of these people, but nobody really likes her. Uh, she lost Archie. No. She lost the Vixens. She lost her brother. 
Um, you know, she doesn't trust her parents. She may even be a little bit of afraid of her parents. And so, you know, she's just really in a difficult place right now that, you know, I, I think that she was really upset or she was counting on not necessarily Polly. I think Polly was ancillary um, to her wanting to do this whole co-queens thing, but she was still counting on mm-hmm. Polly to a certain extent to help her show people that she was still the queen bee. So when Polly fell asleep and wasn't able to make it to the dance, I think Cheryl just kind of felt like, you know what? I don't have anything left because everything that I've ever had, everything that I've ever known, you know, has been taken away from me. And the fact that my father is now saying that, you know, I was grooming Jason to take over the company when it really should have been you. That's not very, that's not much comfort to her anyway, because she doesn't really care about the the company. And the only reason that people are looking at, at her taking over the company now is because her brother is gone. So, you know, she's just in a really, really delicate, very fragile kind of place. And I felt, I felt really sorry for her. And then I felt really scared for everybody else in Riverdale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And because what you're describing is desperation. Yes. She is going to be acting in desperation. And I could see her feeling all of these same things in the summer when Jason tells her, I'm leaving you. I want you to help me leave you. Mm-hmm. I could see her feeling like that same type of desperation because her wor- her whole world would have shifted mm-hmm. with that. So I think the next episode, we are going to see Cheryl doing some shocking things. Well, I think that she's going to go after her mom because she, you know, she overheard her mm-hmm. mom say, or if not her mom, she's going to, she overheard her mom say, I want him dead. So if she doesn't go Mm -hmm. after her mom, she's somehow either going to go after FP or Jughead. Um, Because one of the things that's been happening, and we we were probably going to talk about this in in Riverdale News, is one of the things that has come out over the last couple of weeks or so is that they're now saying another character is going to die. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, somehow I have a feeling it's going to involve Cheryl and the serpents. So, um, you know, I think that she's going to try to, you know, rub somebody out um, over the next couple of episodes. We'll have to see. Mm. Cheryl's scary. She is. She has a lot. She has a lot within her to do to people. Yeah. She's very... um, she has lots of revenge in her heart. She's not going to let it go. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I know that I've been saying that she reminds me a lot of Joan Crawford, but now that she's starting to Mm. get more desperate um, and, you know, to show the depths of her desperation, who she's really reminding me of is Betty Davis and whatever happened to baby Jane. Oh my God. They were playing Betty Davis eyes. So there we go. Because I was like, who is seeing Betty Davis' eyes? Cut to that person. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know if they would, and I didn't know if they were like trying to refer to Betty like being very obvious. But now that you say that about Cheryl, maybe it was about Cheryl. Oh, yeah. girl, this I mean, they show. were showing, I mean, I have issues with that because I, I watch it with the subtitles on and they got the lyrics to Betty Davis' mm-hmm. eyes wrong in the subtitles. It's like they're like, her hair is halo gold or something like that in the subtitles it's i'm like harlow. It's harlow harlow you gold. idiot it's harlow so yeah i was kind of upset about that but yeah it's she's really reminding me of like 
when you start watching whatever happened to baby Jane, it seems like it's very campy, very much fun, mm-hmm. but at a certain point and, and Cheryl's very much like that. Cause she still got all of these really, <laughs> these really great quips. You know, she called, she called Betty, uh, what did she call her nightmare Smurfette? And she called, she called, yes. she called Polly Gollum. So she's got all of these great, yes. she's got all of these great quips, but, and just like, you know, and whatever happened to baby Jane. And at first you start seeing it as somebody who's just batshit crazy. I mean, there's no, no other way to describe it. Mm-hmm. But as the movie goes along, you actually start to see that really what she's reacting to is the fact that she's no longer viable, that she's old, she's used up, nobody remembers her. Mm-hmm. They remember her sister, but nobody remembers her. And so when she starts to come along and she meets that guy um, who wants to quote unquote help her do a show. Um, you see her level of desperation and you see her level of loneliness and you see how trapped she feels by her sister. And so you're starting to see that kind of shift in Cheryl too. I mean, you saw her as the mean queen bee. You saw her as a bitch. You saw her with the one being the person who always had the best lines. But now as the series has gone on, Mm -hmm. you're seeing how desperate she is and how lonely she is and how when somebody's that desperate and lonely, just like in whatever happened to baby Jane, they can do something really dangerous. Yeah. Oh, great connections. We are on it. <laughs> we are just on top of it. Um, let me think. Let me think. I'm trying to think if there's anything. We're going to talk about um, FP next. Mm. FP starts the episode. He's cleaned the house. He's cleaned himself up. Literally, Jughead um, is talking to Archie in his bedroom and says, you know, dad hasn't missed a day of work. He's not drinking anymore. Um, I think I want to move back home. So Jughead has made this um, decision. And I have to say, this whole episode, I felt like we are finally seeing like this positive, optimistic Jughead Mm -hmm. um, based on what what he's seen with his dad. And in the last scene after he sees that his dad has been arrested and he's alone at the trailer, and it's like... When I saw Jughead, I, I I could just imagine him saying to himself, I tried, I tried to be positive, I tried to be optimistic, and look where it got me. Mm-hmm. My dad has been arrested for murder, my friends have betrayed me, I'm going to go off the deep end. Mm-hmm. It seemed like he had no Fs left to give. Yep. And that, like, you know how you were describing him last week? Yeah, like, he's going to go off the rails. Saying... Yeah, and I was like, I really don't want that. But now you can totally see that. Could you imagine if him and Cheryl, like, got <laughs> together and <laughs> planned something with her being so desperate and him being in this dark place? <laughs> they would acquire a suitcase bomb and, and nuke all of Riverdale. <laughs> oh. So why do you think FP's made this decision? Why do you think FP's decided that he's going to like clean up his act and talk about moving to Toledo with Jelly Bean and his wife, whose name we still don't know? I honestly think it's just because I, I don't know if it's because he has anything to hide um, still. And maybe he does. And maybe he thought that, you know, by getting away, we don't know what happened to his insurance policy or did he give all of that to Joaquin? 
Did he give all that stuff? He gave like, it to Joaquin. Okay. He gave that to Joaquin to put in a safe place right, right. where so, we don't know. And yeah. do we even trust Joaquin at no, this point? Not at all. I think if he just kind of feels like, you know, this town is always going to be, it's like he said, this town chews people like us up. And I think he, you know, he mm-hmm. tried really, really hard um, to, you know, do the right thing by his son, to do the right thing by Fred. Um, and he's been trying to clean his life up. And I think that him cleaning up the trailer was less of an indication that he has something to hide and more of an indication that he was done with Riverdale. He just wanted to go. Um, he wanted to clean up the trailer mm-hmm. and get rid of as much of his stuff as possible so that he could just if not disappear without a trace, at least disappear with having nothing to hold him back. So, um, you know, I feel for him in that respect, uh, but I think he's in too deep somehow and he's done too many things, um, either been on the periphery or somehow deeply involved um, with the lodges or, or other people in town for him to be able to get away that cleanly. But I don't think that he was trying to run away from anything in particular. I think that he just was tired of Riverdale and, you know, he saw that his life was going better and he just wanted to start over someplace new with his son and reunite his family. I kind of took it as he's done something where he has scared even himself, almost like he's hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And he scared himself with whatever he did for Hiram Lodge, whether it is killing Jason Blossom or the whole thing with the drugs, because he did admit that he gave Jason those drugs to be kind of be a drug mule. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking he did something so terrible that he has scared himself straight almost. Interesting. He's going to finally give up this life. He's going to give up the serpents and really, you know, be the dad, be the husband that he should have been this whole time. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, that was just kind of the take I took on it. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's so different than what we've seen from FP. You know, you kind of saw him in that episode where he was drunk and got arrested the first time, kind of, you know, going down. And then we see the episode with him hiding the evidence. Then we see last week at the party where he's starting to realize that, hey, these kids know what's going on. Okay, here's the other thing. When did Jughead give him his manuscript? I don't remember that. That's I, mean, I don't remember I, yeah. that happening. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't obviously see, that's why I thought I was crazy. Did somebody mention in the last episode that to FP or anywhere where FP might have heard it that Jughead was writing this book and that that maybe it's just something that happened off screen that you know he said, "Hey, well, I'd like to read it" or something like that. Because I mean, it was printed out. It, I he wasn't like trying to read it from his all. laptop or anything. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, it might've just been sort of one of those off camera conversations that, you know, he knew because he did say something about the fact that the kids were more on the ball than the adults in town. Um, so somehow he yeah. just figured out either through conversations or, you know, just maybe he snuck around and found something on Jughead's laptop and just say, Hey, what are you working on? And started asking those kind of innocent questions and to try to show that, you know, he's turning his life around. He wanted to seem like a more engaged parent by asking his son, all these questions about Mm -hmm. what was in the book. So maybe he saw something in Jughead's manuscript um, that made him realize, you know what? Shit's about to hit the fan. Maybe I need to go. Um, so, but no, yeah. I don't think, I don't remember, or I don't recall anybody 
saying to him, you know, Jughead's writing this book or Jughead saying to him, hey, dad, do you want to read what I've been writing kind of a thing? I think yeah, I, I know together. on the, the, the episode um, when Fred and Archie and Jughead all went to the chocolate shop together, FP talked about how smart Jughead was and the fact that Jughead did write, but mm-hmm. it didn't seem like he knew what Jughead was writing right. about. Right. So that that definitely, you know, was kind of odd that he had read the manuscript and, and everything like that. I don't know. So, you know, they talked about FP got arrested. The gun was obviously planted. It did look exactly like Miss Grundy's gun. So that's why we made the connection to Alice and Hal. But um, one of the last scenes that we see is Betty in the chocolate shop with Veronica and Archie. And they say, we searched the place top to bottom. There was no um, toolkit there. Somebody planted this evidence. So with the Scenes for next week, they're telling Sheriff Keller that FP has been set up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I'm really interested because aren't there only two episodes left now? That's right. Yep. Only two. Next week and the week after. Yep. So they're going to have to like shift this into high gear. So um, based on what we've seen, has it changed? So you, you're you on Smithers. You've mm-hmm. been on Smithers as the killer. <laughs> so has anything that we've seen in this last episode changed your thoughts? I haven't ruled it out. Um, I no longer think he's the number one sub- suspect, um, but I haven't completely ruled mm-hmm. it out. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I don't, I don't think it's FP. Um, I no longer think it's Hal. He's off the list. Um, I think it's, I think it's something centered on Joaquin um, the fact that he and Kevin have absolutely no chemistry whatsoever. Um, the fact that he's kind of shady. It was even worse. It was oh, even God. worse. This it was, it was even worse. This episode so when terrible. they were dancing. Um, and um, did Joaquin even speak to him? No, I don't think he did. He just kind of like they were about to kiss. They got interrupted, and then all of a sudden he slunk away. Um, and you know, um, mm-hmm. Alice made some comment about that gay greaser that he's been, you know, sort of sneaking around with. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know, maybe it is Joaquin, but we're supposed to find out next week. If you believe what they say on tvline.com, we're supposed to find out next week who actually did it. So that'll probably be like the last scene of uh, next yeah, week. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my thoughts are, um, I had said before, I thought maybe Cheryl had done it or the Blossoms did it. I'm sticking with that. Okay. Because, um, uh, Penelope said this whole story about how she got the, the ring back from Jason and Cheryl says to her parents, is that true? And Clifford says every single word she said was true, which I thought was interesting because that's kind of a way of being so specific that you are kind of saying, well, this part is true, but it still really is a lie. Mm-hmm. And then the scene where Penelope is saying, I want him dead, Mm -hmm. that seemed genuine. So maybe Cheryl did kill Jason and Clifford knows about it, but Penelope doesn't. And he's been trying to protect her um, in this. Hmm. So I'm still going to stick with Cheryl and maybe Clifford is trying to protect her. Okay, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. That's that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Um, and I still think FP is involved somehow. Mm-hmm. 
I'm still going to say he's involved with something to do with that day that they were leaving um, Riverdale and he had something to do with either, you know, cause like we said before, Jason had rope burns. So he was tied up. Jason had been beat up. So maybe FP did those things, but he didn't actually shoot him. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see next week or this coming Thursday. We will see. This coming Thursday, only a few days away. Yeah. So we kind of talked about people of color. We talked about the people of color. They kind of shoved them all in <laughs> this episode for some reason. I don't know why. Because it's homecoming. <laughs> it's homecoming. Let all the black people out of the sunken place. Um, so Riverdale News. <laughs> I still haven't seen Get Out. I still haven't Ooh, seen it. You have to go to. see it. You have to go see it. I know, and I'm somebody who doesn't like violent. Now? Oh, really? Oh, still go see it, though. Go see it. It's not as... I don't like violent movies, and right now it's breaking my heart, apparently, mm-hmm. that American Gods is super, super, super violent, and I probably shouldn't see it. It's not as violent as I thought it was going to be. Um, when you, If you decide mm-hmm. to go see it, um, when you see him sitting in a stuffed chair... And he's pulling the stuffing out of the chair. From that point forward, uh-huh. is when you need to get ready to cover your eyes if violence bothers you. But that's really only like the last oh. five minutes. It's really only like the last ten minutes of the movie. So it's it's you know, and it goes by pretty quickly. So we'll see. But yeah, you should definitely go see it. Well, I saw Logan, which I thought was very violent, yeah. and I did gasp a little bit in that. So I think I can take it. I'm excited because it's one at the cheap theater and two, it's playing opposite Lego Batman. So I could actually put, I could put my kids in Lego Batman and my husband and I could go see Get Out because both of the movies are the exact same length. Perfect. So we could all actually go to the movies and my husband and I could actually see something rated R for once. Um, I went to see it with my partner and my partner is is white and um, we were sitting there after the movie was over. And he's like, why aren't you getting up? The movie's over. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, not leaving until all the white people are gone. Not leaving. (laughs) I know. My my husband is white as well, and I can remember going to see the. Um, do you remember Dave Chappelle made a movie? Um, did you see that? Half um, I can't remember the name of it. No, he made a movie, and it was about a concert. It was really almost like a documentary. Oh yes, he the summer or whatever con- it was called. Yes, that was a really good movie. Yeah. So my husband and I were living in Minneapolis and we go to see this movie and it was full of white people who thought it was going to be like the Chappelle show. Yes. And as you know, it was not like the Chappelle (laughs) show. And so, you know, Dave Chappelle's talking about white people and the people that he has in the concert are talking about white people and the theater is full of white people. And then there's me. I'm like literally the only black person there and I'm sitting there with my husband. (laughs) And so I'm listening to the white people around me getting upset and mad. And it's like, what is this? And blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to leave. And I'm just sitting there snickering like, y'all don't even know who Dave Chappelle is. That's pretty much my whole theater going experience and living in Vancouver. But uh, anyway, we were going to talk about mm-hmm. Riverdale News. <laughs> yeah, Riverdale News. So I tweeted um, you and at Brothers Comics some of the um, numbers, the viewing numbers of Riverdale. And the numbers are not that very great. good, no, in my opinion. Not. 
So basically the first two episodes, they were okay. So they have it broken down to the demographic of 18 to 49. Mm -hmm. And then they have the differences between each episode, whether the viewership went up or went down. Mm -hmm. And then they have um, another column of all viewers. And then if their viewership went up or down per episode. Right. And when you look at the total number of viewers, that demographic of 18 to 49 is really only making up about a third of their total viewership, Mm -hmm. which I don't know if, if that's what they planned for or not, if that was what they were expecting. But steadily, the viewership numbers went down until the hiatus, and then they jumped up with that first episode after that, like, three-week hiatus, and then they have steadily gone down Mm -hmm. again. So I was saying, I wonder if they renewed this show too early, because the numbers just don't look that great. The numbers don't look that great. And I remember saying to you on Twitter that, um, you know, compared to other CW shows, the numbers are right in alignment with other CW shows. Mm -hmm. And with CW shows, they really only kill off shows that um, they don't really have a lot of faith in anyway. Like they don't expect them to be Mm -hmm. a great performer. They just need to fill holes on their schedule. Like, um, like the show um, Frequency, which is actually wasn't that bad of a show, um, and the show No Tomorrow. Um, uh, so, you know, both of those shows are quote unquote on the bubble. I expect that we're going to hear that they're mm-hmm. going to be canceled within the next couple of weeks. So I'm not totally concerned about it. I think the issue is that the CW, like all of its other genre shows, their genre shows are a hit. Um, regardless of what you think about, you know, regardless of what they show in the ratings. And CW has kind of made a name for itself. We've talked about the Berlantiverse before. Um, and this mm-hmm. being part of the, Berlan- the Berlantiverse and in a way also being a genre TV show because they're based on a comic book and they're based on comic characters. I think the CW knows that this is where they make all of their money. And I think that the CW understands that this is not a show that is going to be a blockbuster, no matter how much we want it to be. But there are enough people who are faithful to these characters, whether they're old fans or who have become faithful to these characters because new shiny, pretty people um, that they could go ahead and renew for our season two. They also have this deal um, right now with, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa to do a spinoff at some point. So, um, you know, maybe because yeah, that spinoff true. is still out there, you know, as, as, as a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also knew going in that, you know, even if they do solve the who killed Jason Blossom mystery, there's still a whole lot more story to be told. So that's probably why they got the second season order. I don't think that they were really concerned about, um, how the show would perform. I, I think that they just said when they sat down across from Aguirre Sacasa and said, you know, tell us what you want to do with this story. He probably said, okay, this is where I'm going with it. And this is where I think we're going to go. They probably said, okay, yeah. um, we're going to allow you to do two, do 26 episodes spread out over two years. And that's how they got their own renewal instead of them doing like a full oh, on 26 that's... order episode in over one year. Ugh. I don't want 20. I think that's just so many. Yeah. And, and that's why they don't that's have just, it. They're, they're doing two, they're doing two 13 episode seasons. Yeah. Um, and also I think, isn't rain going away? There are 
TV show Rain. This yeah. is like their series finale. And then Vampire Diaries. Yeah, that's also going Am I well. correct? Yeah. So they're going to have space they need to fill mm-hmm. with something. And they, they, I agree, they definitely like these spinoff shows. I think that's exactly what happened with Arrow. Then you get The Flash. Then you get Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then they were able to negotiate Supergirl into mm-hmm. that. So, um, yeah, it's like they get stuck on a formula and they just beat it to death. Mm-hmm. And it works Until for they them, find though. a new formula. Yeah, it's been, it's like, why do something different? The, ki- the kids are buying into it. We're going to keep this up. So, you know, more power to them. More power to them. We also um, talked about some ideas with castings for next year. And um, I think it was at Brothers Comics who sent us a link to the story that told us that Ross Butler will not be returning right. um, to the show because he got he's going to be on the second season of um 13 things is not 13 things 13 reasons, 13 reasons. yeah <laughs> 13 13 just 13 random things <laughs> um, so so Ross Butler is going to be able to show his acting talents on that show um so they are going to recast Reggie mm-hmm. and we had a nice little Twitter conversation about do we think he will be recast as another Asian character um assuming that it was intentional that they wanted the diversity or will they just get whoever they want, not dependent on their ethnicity? I think it'll be hard for them to not cast another Asian actor. Um, But, Mm -hmm. and I'll say why I think it's going to be hard for them to not cast another Asian actor because the blowback that they're going to receive by not casting an Asian actor will be huge. And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, and they probably want to avoid that. Never mind that Ross Butler is actually half white, half Asian. So they could sort of like, you know, make the argument. I hope that they don't, but they could kind of make the argument, well, he's half white, therefore we can cast the white person as well. Um, but also because I think that they seemed really upset that, Ross was going because they knew that they had so much potential there. Mm -hmm. Um, But they also seem for through various, I mean, you could say whether or not they've been successful with this, but they also seem really, really committed to the idea of showing a very diverse character base, but not making a big deal Mm -hmm. out of it. So I think that they seem that they are really committed to the idea of casting a diverse quote unquote actor um, in this role because they've already demonstrated their commitment to diversity. And if they put a white actor in that role, um, you know, it'll be seen as them going back on their um, going back on their commitment to diversity and everything that they said. So I think in, in some ways, I don't want to say that they've painted themselves into a corner, um, but in a way they mm-hmm. kind of, in a way they kind of have um, because, you know, to just suddenly make Reggie go from being um, Asian to white or Asian to Mexican or a light skinned black person, or, you know, they could go South Asian, like they could care, you know, um, cast uh, somebody who's from India or Pakistan or something, for example. Um, but, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't think that they, I don't think that they can cast anybody who's not Asian in this role anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I, you know, 
I would hope that they would um, stick with their commitment to diversity. But I was saying on Twitter, like, you can't, I don't think you can put anything past them. Yeah, that's um, true. At this point, like, I don't think the casting call would be, we want Asian actor for, um, and I don't know if that's what the casting call was originally for Reggie or if Ross just showed up and was an amazing actor. Yeah. So who knows? Um, but then we've all always already kind of talked about Ashley and the fact that she was just cast in either, um, was it the a remake movie of or Valley Girl. T- Valley Girl. <sighs> Deep sigh. <laughs> I don't know. That's why. all I can say. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Deep sigh. But you know, I know that they. So can... she's gonna be busy. Yeah. Well, I mean, but she could also. I mean, you know, it, it, it depends on the movie. It's not like it's going to be, um, you know, a Lord of the Rings thing where they're gonna be gone for six months or anything like that. They could probably mm-hmm. um, re. They could. They could. Uh, Crack, what's my brain? They could do this movie in like six weeks over the summer. Um, and like, yeah, you know, she, she might because she hasn't been around very long, she hasn't been around very much. Um, and they've already Mm-mm. wrapped for the season, so she might be there now and she could be back in time for them to start filming again because they start filming up here, um, like in August, um, for shows that launch mm-hmm. in October. So you know, she's got plenty of time to go down and do Valley Girl right now. There's there's no guarantee that she's not going to be back. But she's been doing a yeah. lot of films lately. And I think people are starting to pay attention to her for some reason. Um, so who knows how long she's going to be there? Who knows? It, it opens up the door to, you know, them finally doing the Archies if she does leave. Yeah. And I mean, they were kind of giving us a little bit of more throwback to the comics. I felt like this um, episode, Archie referred to himself as Little Archie again. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they definitely could do that with the Archies. I was reading this past week the um, the comics where Valerie and Archie get married. I love that. Comic I read those so this much. week. <laughs> so you got to see. Um, the Archies when who took the who took the place of Archie and the Archies? Because I know in with the Pussycats, Veronica took Valerie's place. Trev, was and it then Trev? the Archies. Was it Trev? Was it Trev that was it Trev or Reggie? I can't remember. because my iPad died, so I can't get my comics right now. But um I wanna say it's Trev. I think it was and then Betty and Trev end up getting running off to get married yeah. and all this stuff occurs. Yeah, I enjoyed reading that this week. So I love for, you know, for season two, I would like to see more of those side characters mm-hmm. coming more into play. Um, like they haven't really done anything with Moose. Yes. They kind of left this whole Moose's closeted storyline just dangling there. Um, I would still like to see, we never saw Midge Mm -hmm. at all. We, you know, I don't think they can redeem Chuck at this point. I don't think so. But, you know, but isn't Chuck a senior, so we won't see him anymore. Right. Wasn't he a senior? Well, technically, technically Cheryl's a senior too. Is she a senior? So we shouldn't see her though, because I always thought she can't be. Jason was a senior. Okay. So wasn't Jason a senior? senior? 
I don't know. That's why I'm question. I'm questioning everything now. <laughs> My whole questioning that we didn't talk about is how in the his hell was Polly going to be a co-queen when she's not even registered for school? We what we we will never. And is she even going to school? Is she getting her GED? Because if she is still school age, she has to register. Otherwise, she is truant, and she has to go to court. So I'm just like, what is happening with Polly's education? She's being homeschooled in the the milkshake sciences by uh, Penelope Blossom. That's fine, but you still cannot run for co-queen if you are not registered in that school. Although when my sister was um, in high school, she got pregnant her senior year and they sent her to the unwed mother's high school. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Seriously. Like once she started showing for her safety, they sent her to a separate school with all of the teenage mothers because they didn't want her to get hurt walking in the hallways. I think they still did that and when I was in high school. They called it open campus, quote unquote, because it was for um, mm-hmm. not only uh, kid, the girls who got pregnant, but it was for like gay kids who were getting bullied um, or, you know, mm-hmm. kids who had disciplinary problems or what. It wasn't, it wasn't like for the bad kids who had disciplinary problems. It was for like, the kids who um, were pregnant or like I said, they were pregnant or they were gay and they wanted to keep going to school. They didn't want them to drop out. So they sent them to open campus. Yeah. Well, when my sister was there, it was a separate school. And then when I was working in my career in Minneapolis, we had another separate school for unwed mothers. And the whole problem with that one is that a lot of times two girls would be pregnant and it would be by the same guy. And so they would like get in fights every day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Foolishness. Just Mm -mm. foolishness. But anyway, but anyway, season two is definitely on the book. Yep. Um, Maybe we will still be doing this podcast if we can still stand it. I don't know, (laughs) but we will be here next week. We will be here next week. Um, I hope you are enjoying our podcast. Drop us a line via Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Ctaline at C-T-A-L-L-E-E-N. Where can they find you? And you can find me at Skeskali. That's S-K-E-S-K-A-L-I. Please say hello and please let us know how you, you know, what you think about the podcast. And if you happen to be a Canadian listener, because something I found out is that uh, you get different reviews between American iTunes and Canadian iTunes. If you're a Canadian listener of this oh. podcast, please uh, drop a line in iTunes to rate the podcast, to let people know about it um, in Canada and to just give us some love because we love hearing from you uh, because we enjoy doing this every week and we want to just know what you think. Yeah, and we definitely know you're listening because Brothers Comics tells us our numbers and it sounds like you guys are listening. So Hey, drop us a line. We want to talk to you, too. (laughs) All right. We will see you next week. Enjoy your week. Um, Take your own notes about Riverdale and, you know, drop us a line. Let us know what you think. And maybe we'll talk about it on the podcast. Absolutely. All right. Take care.